We've seen Vietnam year by year become one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia. Vietnamese consumers are very aspirational. You've got millions of people riding motorbikes and they want to be riding inside cars. Vingroup, Vietnam's biggest conglomerate, has really tapped into that. The founder and chairman aspires to be the Elon Musk of Vietnam. Vung is Vietnam's richest man with outsized ambitions. He wants to sell cars not only to the Vietnamese, but also Americans and other consumers around the world. And so, with his company VimFast, Vong is planning to build an electric car factory in North Carolina with an initial investment of $2 billion. US President Joe Biden has praised Vong's plan, but finding success in one of the world's most competitive car markets won't be easy. I think it's a huge uphill battle for VinFast to build brand recognition in the US. For a consumer to try something new, to buy a VinFast vehicle that hasn't really been tried and tested, it's a huge hurdle for consumers to jump over. Phạm Nhật wants to promote his own business, but he also wants to contribute to Vietnam's image as a rising power. In Southeast Asia, no car company has been able to do that. If VinFast is successful, that goes very well with the ambition of the Communist Party of Vietnam. But if they fail, it will be very, very hard blow to Vingroup and also to the national economy. The fall of what was Saigon marked the end of America's disastrous intervention in support of South Vietnam. After the Vietnam War ended in 1975, the North took over the whole country and they imposed the same socio-economic model across Vietnam. That means Vietnam adopted a centrally planned economy with the state sector playing a very dominant role. There was almost no foreign invested or private sectors back then, uh, but that kind of policy led to poor economic development uh, with high rate of poverty and there was lack of even essential consumer uh, products. In the late 1970s and 80s, Vietnam's economic troubles were exacerbated by a trade embargo imposed by the US and international isolation following Vietnam's military intervention in Cambodia. Fearing the collapse of the regime, the Communist Party of Vietnam adopted the Doi Moi, or economic reform policy, in 1986. That means they allow foreign investment and also the private sector to play a bigger role in the economy. The private sector in Vietnam has been growing very strong over the past uh, 30 years. Uh, now uh, they account for about 40% of Vietnam's GDP and contributes about 30% of Vietnam's tax revenues. And more importantly, it accounts for about 60% of uh, jobs uh, in Vietnam. So they play a very important role in uh, keeping uh, the economy growing. But the key issue is that most of the uh, private companies in Vietnam are small and medium-sized uh, enterprises. Vietnam uh, really needs strong leading private companies to lead the national economic development. 
and Vingroup uh, is one of such uh, national champions. Vingroup is the country's biggest private company with a market capitalization of $11 billion. In 2021, its total assets accounted for about 5% of Vietnam's GDP. What makes Vingroup so successful today is that its businesses and brand reach into every aspect of Vietnamese life. You can have a Vietnamese born into a Vingroup-owned hospital. They can eventually go to a Vingroup school and eventually university that's operated by Vin University as well. They can live in a Vin home and shop in Vin malls as well. The Vingroup umbrella covers over a dozen businesses and the Vietnamese government points to the company's growth and success as a sign of Vietnam's modernization. Vingroup is one of the key players whose uh, strategy aligned with the uh, strategy of the government. They have been mostly a real estate developer. Uh, that means they have been relying on natural resources, land, you know, to grow the company. There have been concerns about the possible environmental risks of one planned Vingroup project. In 2019, the government approved a $9 billion residential and tourism project on reclaimed land in the coastal Kangyao district of Ho Chi Minh City, despite concerns that it might damage the mangrove forest nearby. In July 2020, a group of environmentalists, academics and researchers signed a petition calling for an independent assessment of the project. So you have a large part of forested area and then you have a, you have a small city and along the city you have a beach and then they want to reclaim this land. The project is not removing mangrove, however it can have some side effects, especially on the hydrology and sedimentary dynamics of the mangroves. Depending how it's the project will be done, it can change how the water can flow in. If this project is preventing sediment to reach the mangrove, then the mangrove will retreat. The mangrove forest is really the buffer between the sea and Ho Chi Minh. If the mangrove forest disappears, then the impact of sea level rise, storm surge, will be much more important for Ho Chi Minh City. While some believe that the political connections of Vingroup's founder, Pham Niet Vong, are crucial to the company's success, this is something Vong himself has denied. And in fact, he says he really wants to stay away from politics. But you know, a lot of people in Vietnam don't really believe that because it's really hard to be as successful as they've become without really political support. Vong sees himself as a patriot entrepreneur. He wants his Vin Group to be really successful, to really make a mark on the world stage. Pham Nhat Vong studied mining and geology at a university in Hanoi before he was sent on a scholarship to study in Moscow. After graduating in 1992, he moved to Kharkiv in Ukraine and set up a company making instant noodles and other dried food. That company was a huge success and it distributed way beyond the, the Ukrainian borders to other nations there in, in Eastern Europe. And eventually he sold that company to Nestle. Now he wouldn't disclose to us how much he sold it for, but we think it was over $150 million. The fortunes of Vietnam were also improving. 
Following the government's economic reforms and the US lifting its trade embargo in 1994, the country's private sector started to flourish. And so after accumulating his initial wealth, Vong went back to Vietnam in the early 2000s and started investing in real estate. He saw uh, immense you know, opportunities uh, in the country back then. He started to build a lot of uh, real estate projects across the countries and helped to transform the skylines of these cities, especially in Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City. He went down to Nha Trang, which is a coastal beach city, and there was an island there just off the coast, and he decided to build a fancy five-star resort there, something that most Vietnamese had never seen. In 2012, Vong's real estate and tourism companies merged to become Vingroup, making him Vietnam's first billionaire. Real estate remains the cash cow of the group. Most of uh, Vingroup's other businesses are making losses. They have to rely on real estate to fund um, the operation of the whole group and also the expansion of Vingroup into other sectors. So what do you think of the cars? It's incredible. To create something in such a short space of time is really, really incredible. You know, it really is. Vinfast is a miracle for Vietnam. In 2017, Vingroup launched its automotive unit, Vinfast, a step towards Vong's goal to turn the group into a technology company by 2028. They basically built this state-of-the-art plant from scratch out of a swamp, and they did it with breakneck speed. You've got really cool robotic arms all around the factory. You see very few employees on the ground there. It's all done by these machines, even down to the painting of it. Vinfast's approach was a really good one. They hired an Italian company to work on car designs. They licensed BMW engines. They basically rolled off their first car, you know, off the assembly line within 24 months. The prime minister was there, and he declared it a fantastic, a great day for Vietnam's growth. Sự thần tốc trong việc xây dựng nhà máy ô tô Vinfast cho thấy một khát vọng lớn và cháy bỏng ngọn lửa nhiệt huyết trong những con người đã chung tay góp ý làm nên một dự án có thể gọi là kỳ tích của ngành ô tô Việt Nam cũng như trên thế giới. The Vietnamese government, they want to turn Vietnam into an up or middle income economy uh, by 2030 and a high income economy by 2045. One of the problems for them is that they have not been able to develop some key manufacturing sectors to provide the momentum for the economy. In the past, the state uh, wanted to rely on state-owned companies and they didn't live up to the expectations. So um, they would like to have major companies, especially private ones, uh, to take over um, this role. They believe that the automobile industry is a high-tech industry and uh, it can generate spillover effects across the economy. While Vietnam's car market is still dominated by foreign players like Toyota, Vinfast has helped to grow the local automobile industry. As the only domestic car brand, it sold 82,000 gas-powered cars in three years, a decent share for an upstart car manufacturer in a relatively small market. In 2022, the company announced its next big plan, to stop making gas-powered cars by the end of August and focus on electric vehicles. You won't find their electric vehicles on the road here yet, but VinFast is about to become a major player in North Carolina. The startup based in Vietnam is only a few years old and wants to go worldwide. 
the transition into EVs is the future trend and in the EV sector uh, there have not been a lot of uh, established players yet so if they can do fast and do well they can uh, become uh, one of the market leaders going global especially to the US is a logical step Vietnamese market is still too small and the infrastructure is not ready for their EVs business the US is the second largest market for cars and they have advanced infrastructure systems and they also want to make use of uh, some financial incentives from the US government. I think the key question now is whether they will be successful with that effort or not. VimFast has said it plans to break ground on the factory in North Carolina in September and it's on track to begin EV production in the US in 2024. The company has received 73,000 orders for their electric cars, but it has ambitions of delivering as many as 1 million cars globally within five to six years. Starting a factory in the US and anywhere around the world, it's a huge undertaking. Obviously, you have to build the building, and you have to buy the equipment. But I think where the challenges lies is really in the last mile. There are around 30,000 parts in a vehicle. So it's not a very easy feat for them to overcome. They've been building cars in Vietnam, but coming here to the US, the challenge is how well they marry all those parts together to ensure there's quality. The US is one of the most competitive auto markets in the world. Chinese EV makers such as Geely and Neo haven't cracked it after years of trying. But VimFast might have a geopolitical advantage. We have seen a remarkable trajectory in the relationship between the United States and Vietnam. Unlike China, American politicians are more likely to support an automaker from Vietnam, a country that's had closer ties to the US despite their history. But VinFast still faces competition from Tesla, as well as the likes of GM, Ford and Honda, who all plan to roll out new EVs in the next five years. We're not uh, competing with any EV companies. We would like to take market share from the internal combustion engine vehicles. I mean, not everybody can afford to buy 100,000, $150,000 um, dollars EVs, right? It's, um... You're talking about Tesla, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and many others. The future of mobility is here. VinFast uh, EVs, they're looking to launch two or three models, and the pricing range is between 40,000 to 60,000 US dollars. That's really comparable to a Model 3 from Tesla, but half the price of the Tesla Model S. So they're really targeting the mass market, not really the premium market. And that is the right strategy, I think, because for an automaker to be successful and be profitable, they need to build scale. The question is, can they convince American consumers to plunk down $41,000, $51,000 on a car made by a brand from Vietnam that they most likely have never heard of? I'd really not be buying this car in the next year or so, I, you know, in the few, next few years after the history of how things are going, then I would. I like something a little more economical and uh, this looks pretty sick, actually. Agreements are in place to raise at least $4 billion globally to fund the planned North Carolina EV factory and U.S. rollout. And to ensure VinFast's success, Vong has committed $2 billion of his own money, but he may have to invest much more. 
and the typical automaker spends upwards of $10 billion just on marketing expenses alone. So the question is, will VinFast have the capital resource to allow them to make that strong push into a new market and sustain that capital investment over time? If they can source continuous flow of capital and allow them to execute the strategy, they can be successful. For Vin Group and especially their VinFast business, I think they are now like facing a cliff. If they can jump over the cliff, they can you know, reach a land of opportunities uh, and they will become an international player. But the risk is that if they fall off the cliff, uh, it will be a disaster, not only for themselves, but also for the national economy as well. Vietnam and both VinGroup want to be on the world stage. They want to modernize. These are narratives that they share. So at the end of the day, you know, how much will the government support VinFast's um, plans, especially if they need funding, especially if things go south? I think those are really big questions that we don't know yet um, the answers to.